Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt. And I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey everyone, cosmic tribe, planet earthlings, fellow earthlings, I meant to say. It's so beautiful to be connecting here with you on the podcast. Welcome to my podcast, Divine Throughline. I love this medium. It's just been an incredible experience to be able to record and share so many of my perspectives, music, um, contemplations, healing techniques, and you guys make it all worthwhile and extremely meaningful. So anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'm just blessed and blessed and blessed again, uh, over and over again, every single week. So this week, I think it's episode 102, if I'm right. Um, on episode 102, I'm actually going to be presenting a recording from one of the sessions from my podcast, Beloved, that took place in Malta. Uh, it's a really amazing conversation. It was basically a Q&A. I think it was called an Ask Shri Anything, if I remember correctly. Uh, but it was really, really meaningful, as it always is when you guys uh, write in or ask me your questions, and I'm able to uh, respond and offer maybe some new perspectives, some supportive ways of looking at life and, and situations and circumstance. So I'm really excited to bring you that episode. And also uh, in that episode, I have a recording of the extraordinarily gifted and beautiful Amber Ria, who assisted me. She's also one of the owners of Sanya um, in Malta. That's the yoga studio where I was hosted for my yoga retreat. But in addition, Amber is just an extraordinary singer. She is just an angel. And uh, she sings for us in that session, which um, I know you're going to love. So I can't wait to show that or share that with you. But even better than that is I'm sitting here with Amber in my meditation studio now. She's been here for over a month, and she and I have been working on some new music projects together. We're super excited to share those with you in the new year. Uh, some really amazing things are happening. We've been enjoying it tremendously. But Amber is getting ready to go, th go home for the holidays. So I wanted to have her on the show so that we could talk about a few things and uh, She's coming back. She promises she's coming back. So anyway, Amber, welcome to uh, Divine Through Line Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's an <laughs> honor. I've, I've listened to the podcast so many times, and I never thought I would be on the podcast And here you myself. are. <laughs> but you're a powerful creator, Amber, as you can see. <laughs> no, really, you and, uh, and Yasmin, uh, you and your sister Yasmin, you guys hosted me in Malta, and it was, just, it was just a match made in heaven. You guys felt like family from the very beginning, and, and I learned that you guys say the word be beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> More beautifully than anyone. Can you say that word, beautiful? Beautiful. See, you guys, I mean, seriously, have you ever heard anybody say beautiful? More 
Beautiful. Beautiful. It's it's amazing. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was an extraordinary experience, and uh, you came. So tell me, you came here. Has it been a month now? It's been a month and five days, to be precise. Wow, but who's counting? No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was kind of crazy because um, I was like about to book my flights to go to New Zealand to pursue a career in music, and then which makes no sense. Which, yeah. I love New Zealand, but. <laughs> You know, the music scene is so hot in New Zealand. No, I'm kidding. So well, that was exactly it when I met you. And you were like, but why are you going to New Zealand? You, like, you should go to LA. That's the place to be for music. And you so generously offered to host me. And so that was just an offer that was too good to pass <laughs> up. So I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I know. Well, and it's what's amazing is that um, actually in Malta, I never had the opportunity to sing with you. We just... I was so busy. First, you guys had your retreat. And mm -hmm. then, you know, my retreat, it was, you know, a lot of energy. We went very, very deep. It was extraordinary. And I just, um, I didn't have the moment to really develop music with you there. Mm -hmm. So, but it's like, you knew that it would be good. You didn't I, have, I, you didn't have to taste it. You were like, it's going to be good. Let's <laughs> just see what happens. I kind of had an idea that it was probably going to be really good. But also the beautiful thing about both of us is that we, you know, we, we wanted to collaborate, but we also wanted to celebrate each other in our own individual musical expressions. So it kind of was like a win-win because regardless, even if we worked on stuff and, and progressed to a certain point, it was going to elevate both of us you know, for different reasons and in different yeah, ways. That's exactly so. it. I remember our first few conversations in, in, uh, at the very beginning of my trip where we didn't even know what we were going to create. We we're like, let's just sing together and see what happens. And, and we were both like, you know, it's either going to be great or it's not, and it will just be whatever it is. <laughs> so <clears throat> we were both just so open with it. And as we started to play, it just, I don't know, it took a life of its own, really. It's, it's, it's kind it's of been amazing. It's kind of amazing. The only problem is that uh, we come in the meditation room at night and we start singing together and it's this free form kind of process um, where we just let the music take us where it takes us. And every single time we stop, we we can I can't even like move my hand over to press stop on the record because we're in the gap so deeply that we don't want to move. And uh, my friend Saul Ray, who owns a mandala yoga in Santa Monica, he invited us to come and sing one evening for his class. And we played one song together. And, you know, I think the room felt it as well, definitely. Yeah, so. it was magical. And that was my first week here. You remember that? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you arrived. I introduced you to an engineer. Uh, I was like, I booked a gig. You were like, what? Um, and I like was still like in jet lag mode. And, <laughs> and Judy's like, yeah, we have a gig on Sunday. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that you really stepped into the music and you were doing what you came here to do. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I'm so grateful. That's all I've been doing since I've been here. Music with you and on my own and just jamming with Brad and just, yeah. A lot. Well, that's really, really great. Yeah. So we're, we've hit something creatively that we're both really excited about. We want to pursue it. So we're going to do, we're going to do like three to five songs probably to start together. And it's a project and it's called, can we tell the name? Yeah. It's called, uh, it's called Shriya. So, uh, Amber's last name is Ria, which means 
It's a Sanskrit word and it means the one who sings. Right. And so, of course, you guys know Srimati. So all we had to do was add one S in front in front of because her name always already has an R-I. So mm-hmm. it's a combination of the two of us. And I bet there's even deeper in there because Sri is divine. And then Ya, what Ya probably means something as well which I'm sure it does. We we will find out. (laughs) But anyway, it's pretty beautiful because we have this experience. Leah came in and listened to us for the first time this week. And she was, after it finished, she was like, it's bizarre because it's like you guys both start off and you have really distinct voices. And then it's, she felt it was very dolphin like, and I feel it to be very whale like. Mm -hmm. And then she said that the feeling was then after a minute, the voices became one and then you couldn't distinguish, you didn't know who was who. And so when you think of the name, it's like what we're doing together is beyond your personality, Amber and Julie. Mm -hmm. And we're really making ourselves available as a channel for this music to come through. That's it. And so it really is kind of like divine of the one who sings, exactly. you know, it's, perfect. it's, it's pretty perfect. <laughs> and we didn't have the name. Like we kept saying, Oh, it's going to be something. It was so obviously glaring. And of course it came to me on in the very divine pathway of the 10 freeway in Los Angeles. I was like, Mathis <laughs> text Amber this. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? I go, just write this and text it to her, you know? And then you knew. And I burst out laughing as soon as I got that text. I was like, oh my God, of course. Of course. That's it. That's it. So anyway, um, it's going to be a fun year. You're going to come back and we're going to get that project on the road. And I do actually, oh my God, I have to, I have to make a huge announcement. I was forgetting which, which podcast this is. So I am announcing my next retreat and it's really fitting that Amber is actually sitting here with me, but I am going to be doing a retreat in Miami. Um, it's going to be February 12th through the 15th. Uh, It's like a three and a half day and it includes a Valentine's dinner on the 14th. And again, this workshop is called Beloved and it is about developing the most intimate, deeply connected, loving relationship with yourself. So this retreat is for people that are in relationship. It's for people who are not in relationship. It's for really any age, anyone. It's a it's a process of discovery as of really, really getting into the deep, deep vibration of your own heart so that you can really break through any blocks, anything that's keeping you from seeing yourself, from experiencing yourself, from loving yourself as truly a divine emanation of, you know, source of consciousness. So, um, this is something I'm very, very excited to be sharing and teaching. Um, sacred space in Miami is quite an amazing venue. Um, and I'm going to have, you know, there's going to be the dinner. Um, there's also, uh, going to be Amber there. We're going to be doing some vocal performances, workshops together. Um, we're also going to be doing, um, some beauty, um, exploration with my friend Sadie Adams. And of course, Leah will be there assisting me. So we're really looking forward to that retreat. Um, it's kind of a pre-announcement. I'm going to have an early bird pricing. So check my Instagram feed. And 
I hope to announce that in the next week, um, before Christmas, if possible, if not right after Christmas, and we're going to have kind of a new year deal. So for those of you that are interested, for those of you who always hate Valentine's Day, and it, you know, it's such a fabricated holiday anyway, but it's, I think, a sore punctuation you know, to re- remind those of us that are not in relationship you know, that we're lacking in some way. <laughs> but what this workshop is here to teach us is that you know, there is nothing lacking. You have everything that you need inside of yourself to be deeply in love with yourself, with your creative force, with your life, and with a lover of any... Uh, any variety you choose as long as they are a consenting adult. Uh, so we're going to explore a lot of those things. Um, I'm very honored to be hosted at Sacred Space Miami. Uh, you couldn't get a better design experience all the way around. So I'm excited um, to step into this, and I'll look forward to seeing and meeting some of you there. But Amber, if you could share a little bit about my beloved retreat in Malta, what you know, what could you share with people that are considering going or want to know, you know, what to expect on a Srimati retreat? Um, well, I think, kind of putting you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't plan this, but go ahead. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head really when you said it's about connecting to your innermost self. So often we were so like, we're all looking for like fulfillment and peace and happiness and we're kind of always looking in the wrong place, looking outwardly, either in relationships or in food. We're always looking in the wrong place. Like it seems like always we are. We're looking everywhere but inside. Exactly. (laughs) So what what your intention is with this retreat, which very, very much came through in, in Malta, um, was was about this, like loving yourself, but not not even just like your personality or your body or your character, but this like essence of life inside. That's who we really are. Mm-hmm. It's about turning back into that. Mm-hmm. So through all of the different exercises and workshops and classes and things that you hold, they're all just pointing us to that place yeah. to experience it for ourselves. So I think that's just the most powerful thing. And then when we live life from that place, it's a completely different experience. Yeah, definitely it is. And, and really this is something that's accessible to all of us. It's a shift of perspective, a shift of view. And really when you're fully embodying your, your most authentic design, that is when you are truly irresistible. You're irresistible to life because there's nothing more irresistible than somebody or some life form that is fully itself. You know, um, it's the resistance between the avoidance of that or the suppression of that, that creates a disharmony. It's a tension. And, uh, some of my master teachers have described it to me. It it creates a bad, a bad odor actually. It actually smells. (laughs) If you can imagine that, like something that's just out of out of alignment, it puts off like the wrong air. I guess we kind of had that saying in our culture, Mm but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I think the timing's amazing and I'm, I feel really happy to be able to host and cultivate this kind of experience over Valentine's day, uh, in beautiful Miami at sacred space. So anyway, check that out for sure. And then um, I hope you enjoy Amber on the podcast. She's, she's such an angel. Really, her voice just adds so much to all of the workshops and yoga experiences and meditative states. So I haven't even listened back, but I remember in the room it was quite, quite gorgeous. So 
Um, but before Amber goes, I wanted to take a minute and I just want to, um, let everybody know how amazing Sonia, um, spa is in Malta. First of all, it's a really, really cool yoga studio and also health spa. Mm -hmm. So would you tell me a little bit about Sonia, just for people that are interested in traveling to Malta, people that Mm -hmm. go to Malta and maybe any other teachers or any other people that might want to also hold a workshop in that part of the world? Yeah. So I think I'll start with the name, Sanya. When we were trying to to name it, we knew the values and the vision of what we wanted to create. Um, And we were really trying to find a name that really captures that. And Sanya is another Sanskrit name. And it means the first light of the sun. Because what we wanted to share with Sanya was all of the tools that have helped us so much to find that inner light. So... We hope that anyone who goes to Sanya, anything that they find over there, any like product or service is just going to spark a light within themselves to be able to start living or continue living a lifestyle that really supports this this essence of life that we keep talking about. And, and it's kind of an abstract thing, like we can't really, it's not a tangible thing, so it's hard to talk about it. But through everything that we're offering over there, we want people to just experience it for themselves. So then instead of talking about it, they just experience it and they step into it themselves. They have the experience. And so at Sonia, you have an amazing cafe. And what kind of things do you serve at the cafe in Sonia? Like- so the, the cafe is um, mostly serving juices and smoothies and snacks like salads and wraps and things like that, kombucha. Um, it's... I think it's about 95% organic, which is kind of groundbreaking for Malta because so far in the catering world, no one's really doing organic. So we've really tried to do our best to bring that to consumers um, because we really believe in it. Um, So there's the, yeah, there's the juice bar with all of its high vibration food. Then there's the yoga studio. So we have quite a full timetable of classes of yoga and meditation um and then we have there's quite a few aspects to it so then there's there's the spa aspect so there's the uh sauna steam room pool and massage and all of that that you usually would find at a spa and then lastly there's a health clinic so we have a naturopathic doctor on site and he's seeing patients in one of the rooms and it's quite extraordinary. I mean, it's quite a complete experience. You can go there, take an amazing yoga class, have an amazing meal, you know, relax in the sauna or the steam in the spa. And then you can also be seen by a naturopath doctor Yeah. and you can get a, you have a Reiki person there as well. Yeah. Don't you? We have Reiki, we have massage, yeah. yeah. and everything is just as natural as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so the idea is like you're saying that Anyone who is interested in living this lifestyle could walk through those doors and find everything that they need and all the support that they need. Beautiful. That's great. And then this all came from you and your sister also are owners of a restaurant called The Grassy Hopper. And you have not one, but two of those stores on Malta. So tell me about that uh, cafe as well. Yeah. So... Actually, it's my sister who owns the cafes, but energetically, I feel I'm a co-owner because I, yeah, because I, I care about it so much, and I've helped out a lot over the years. But uh, when she started the Grassy Hopper a few years ago, there was nothing like it available on the island, so she was the first one to really bring healthy food um, 
from like an accessible, affordable place. Um, And she first started with this really small kiosk, (laughs) um, just serving a very small menu, but it was hugely popular because anyone who was already vegetarian or vegan or just interested in eating clean had nowhere else to go. And so then it grew and it ended up, she ended up opening two outlets, one in Xira and one in Valletta. And then shortly after that, she decided to open a raw chocolate shop, which is my personal favorite <laughs> place. And mine as well. Yeah. Theobroma, which is Theobroma. also in okay. Valletta. And they are serving the highest quality imaginable raw plant-based chocolates. And they're so creative with their menu as well. Like it, all of those products that you find there are just honestly divine. Yeah. They made this divine. incredible rose, like geranium lavender chocolate for me for my retreat, mm-hmm. which was extraordinary. We all loved it. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> well, that's really beautiful. So you and your sister are doing amazing things on Malta. Um, and uh, for anybody who has never been to Malta or who is interested in Malta, um, tell us just a quick little bit about what it's like to be, you were born there, right? Born on Malta, you're Maltese. Yeah. And okay. So tell us a little bit about you. About me or about about Malta? Malta. (laughs) Malta through you. (laughs) Through me. So Malta is a great place. It has a very powerful energy. So most of the rock is, um, like underneath all of the rock, there's this yellow crystal, which I think like supercharges the land or something because spiritually it's a very powerful place. Um, Not to mention the fact that there are some of the oldest temples in the world um, on the island. And we actually have so many of those that it's it's almost a problem for people who are in the construction business because they start digging to like build a house and they'll find another, yes, another ancient ruin. And they're like, oh God, another <laughs> one. So, but they're, they're really powerful. So if you, if you plan on visiting Malta and you go to the temples, you'll, you'll see what I mean for yourself. And it's all really old. Like it's 16th century, which means it was, it's from the 1500s. Oh, those are the more modern buildings. Those are like uh, the churches. And oh, stuff. wow. I'm talking so- about the temples, which are thousands and thousands of years old, like wow. older than the pyramids of Egypt. Even. Okay, so that's important yeah. to note. Yeah. yeah, and the and the little island that's next to Malta, which is called Gozo. Yeah, you say it right. Yeah, Gozo. Gozo. Gozo is oh, even more powerful than Malta. I think mm-hmm. it's smaller. It's a bit more rural, and it's just kind of more laid back. So if you're wanting to go on retreat or something, that would be the perfect place. Perfect place to Yeah, go. that's where we had our retreat uh, when you first arrived. Yes, that was where I the, first met you. Exactly. So first there, we first met on Gozo. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, for anybody who's interested or, uh, you know, or travels in that part of the world, it's really an extraordinary place. And, you know, the girls and I were touched and Leia as well. And we, you know, feel like we made some friends and family there and we'll, well look forward to coming back. friends and family. Very much so. <laughs> and that's another thing that's really kind of important is the kind of the first meeting that we had, we did a ceremony and it was... Um, connecting us to, to Egypt and sort of reigniting a timeline or a remembrance. And I have to say that, you know, I actually booked Amber as a temple singer. I called her a temple singer just mm-hmm. sort of spontaneously. And that's what we feel we're doing. And we feel like we have done this before. Yeah. We feel like this is not a new reunion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember that. So the very first day that you arrived in Gozo, it was late at night. But the very next morning, 
you walked into the kitchen and I was there making some hot chocolate. And I remember just saying to you, like, God, it feels like your family. It's so strange. I had just met you. Mm. And actually, a lot of people tell us we look like we could be family as well. So a lot. There's some strange energetic connection. Definitely. That has reconnected us in this lifetime. <laughs> Definitely. To sing. To yeah. sing together. Oh, so. it's so great. So anyway, um, I hope you have a safe journey home and a beautiful holiday with your family. Please give my love to all my new Maltese friends and family there and everyone who was at my retreat. And um, anyway, so we'll see you back here in a little bit. And we'll look forward to sharing some Shriya with you guys (laughs) as it develops. We're going to go in and be recording it early in the new year. But until then, please... Fully enjoy Amberia on this week's episode, and I hope you enjoy the Q&A from the retreat. Um, at the end, I think I say that we're going to go into talking about relationships and tell everybody to bring their questions, and then that's that's not on this episode. So, <laughs> so um, anyway, we'll have to pick that up in another show. But anyway, uh, here's wishing you guys a super happy holiday. Please take care of yourself, nurture yourself, and... Um, uh, we'll see you soon. If you're interested in the retreat, check my Instagram feed or go to srimati.com and we'll have inf- info up about that. So that's February uh, 12th to the 15th-ish in 2018. All right, you guys. Here's wishing you lots of love and grace. And remember that even if no one else believes in you, that I believe in you to find your way into living your most authentic heart. Because how could it be otherwise? You are a divine emanation of consciousness and you are perfect exactly the way you are. So please be kind to yourself. Please nurture yourself. Don't get swept into the craziness of the holidays. Um, Cultivate gratitude. Um, Make the balanced choice. Slow down. Sleep a little longer. Take care. Uh, Not that much is going to happen before January 1st. So anyway, um, until next time, I love you guys. Thanks so much for all your support and we'll see you uh, very soon. Namaste. We are on retreat in Malta. Say hi, everyone. Hi. So this is the first retreat where we are recording live and uh, we're going to have a session of Ask Me Anything, which really should be called Ask Shri Anything. I guess. Okay, so here we are on Ask Shri Anything, and we're here on Malta. We just finished an amazing day. Um, We had a session of holotropic breathing, which I think was a a life experience for most of us. We had a rebirth and processed a lot of stuff and experienced ourselves in unique and expanded ways, I would say. So anyway, we just had an amazing plant-based lunch provided to us by Sonia Malta, this amazing spa on Malta. And they made a version of my tempeh chili, which was made with lentils. It was very delicious. And then we, we enjoyed some bars from our uh, beautiful Bulgarian star sister who made these amazing bars that are made from all natural ingredients. And the name of those bars, tell me again. Rhubar, rhubar, they're delicious, and they're going to be available in the U.S. very soon. So anyway, check those out. You can see them on my Insta story. So anyway, okay, so do you guys have any questions? (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) 
So if you have a question, I'm going to have you come just either to slide up and speak into the mic or I can hand you the mic. And uh, anything goes. So it's open. Louise, yeah. you can just come up. Okay. Why don't you say who you are and where you're from? Okay. And just... So, hi, my name's Louise. I'm from London. And um, my question is... So my partner Holm is a long distance runner and that's how I first came into contact with you because he listens to Richard's podcast. And um, he's still in the between a vegan, no, but yeah, between sort of veg meat and coming off meat and also releasing some lower back pain. So I'm just wondering if you've got any <laughs> tips um, to share with, with the audience about how to release um, release pain and also part of that releasing meat from your sphere is that right from your life yeah, you mean life. that's a great question thanks Louise so what you're asking is is how do you navigate and how do you support him through his journey and also have a relationship and interact and all of that and also yeah so um I'm just going to move this back a little bit <coughs> So this is a really, I think, really important thing that so many of us struggle with, and, and it's, it was definitely an integral part of Rich and my journey. And, um, you know, I feel like so many of us are needing to be recognized um, for where we are right now. And a lot of times when we see an imbalance in our loved ones or our children or our partner or husband or our wife or father, um, we want to tell them you know, that they're not doing it right and that there's another way, there's a better way and that you should do this. Um, and I certainly experienced that with Rich for probably a seven-year period. I could see him struggling in his density, struggling in his ability to feel himself, to fulfill himself. He was overweight, he was lethargic, he was having energy issues. Um, and I was sort of the, quote, healthier one. I was you know, practicing yoga, and I had healed myself of a cyst in my neck, and I had demonstrated that I had access to some really great techniques that could be of great help to him. And uh, it seemed like the more that I reached towards him, the more paralyzed he became. And it was very tricky. It was so tricky because I had so many conversations with my girlfriends and so many people that told me how right I was because clearly I was the one that was living healthier. What I failed to get, or you know, didn't get until I did get it, um, was it was proposed to me from an Indian master that I worked with, the one who gave me my spiritual name, Ma Ananda Srimati, and he was talking to me about how the sun loves and how the sun loves everything in creation simply for its existence before it's achieved anything or attained any level of anything. And I don't know why it hit me, but it's that time where you're taking the ski lesson and the ski instructor tells you the, the lesson and you get it in that moment. Like it suddenly it makes sense to you. I just was ready to receive it. I had spent seven years beating my head against the wall, trying to get him to change, reaching, pleading. I had been cheerleader, uh, confidant, uh, manipulator, uh, threatener. I had threatened him. I had, you know, I tried kind of every single identity to get him to see my side of living because clearly I could help him. And he just got more and more and more paralyzed. So 
when I was able to receive this teaching from this Indian master, I realized, you know, looking inside myself, I was like, okay, I know that I am an emanation of God. I know that I'm an aspect of God consciousness expressing as this body. But if I know that for myself and I know that for all of creation, well, that means it's for him too. It means it's for him right now where he is. Even drinking venti coffees with three ad shots or, you know, eating four In-N-Out burgers at a sitting or shoving, you know, handfuls of potato chips into his mouth while he's watching Law and Order. This was, you know, the early days, a long time ago. But um, I released him to his life. I also let go of this kind of immature spiritual um, perspective that we were talking about yesterday, that just because I'm on a spiritual path, that my partner has to travel that path at the same cadence with me in order for us to be in love, in order for there to be a reason that we're together. And I think that when we're immature on the spiritual path, we may long for that and go, you know, this person is so different from me, or, you know, so why am I in this relationship? Because we imagine, you know, you know, frolicking in the fields with, you know, unicorns jumping over our heads or whatever that is. Um, and so when I was able to just really love him, and we were talking about this also yesterday, this Christ principle, and Christ as an energy of a blueprint of who we are, we really so need for people to see us and see us in our highest essence. And as his wife or partner or lover or beloved, it's in your power to hold him in that vision until he can rise to it. And that's really Christ in action. And you'll find that if you just love somebody right where they are, even if they're using drugs or using alcohol or using food, um, there is a power in that when you just accept them and love them unconditionally. And I would say there was also an element of faith. It's this extreme faith that we've been talking about this weekend. And I just handed him to, to the mother. I handed him to the great God and said, you know, let me stop interfering with what you are expressing through him. Why does, why do I have to be involved in his experience? So I released him, and I really did release him, and if you speak to him, he will say that it was felt. He could feel that I had left the building, but not in a mean way, or not in a retaliate, like a retaliate, retaliation, like in a way that I really just stepped out of it. And I, I said, I'm sorry that I was in your energy, let me, let me be in my energy, and I love you unconditionally. And then I started watching him with the wonder of a child more. So when he did come to me some months later, he had a health scare on the stairs, thought he was having a heart attack. This all happened while I was sleeping with my daughter. Um, he came to me and said, um, you know, I really want to do that cleanse. Could you get me the cleanse? And Every other day for seven years, I would have gone out, run out the second he asked me. I would have bought the herbs. I would have had it all out, laid out for him, like to spoon feed him the cleanse. Um, and I was really, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get you the cleanse. And then I had what I call a mind swipe. Like something just wiped my mind completely blank. And I didn't even think about it until a week later when he said, did you get the herbs? And then I laughed at myself and I said, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna get them. And then I had another mind swipe. And this happened like five times. I was <laughs> laughing my head off by the time, like it was literally like a month and a half later, he was yelling at me. He was like, are you gonna help me? 
<laughs> and it was so different than what we had done. And then I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, okay. I'm gonna, I was really giggling to myself because I really didn't do it on purpose, but it actually was the perfect tactic. So I went and got him the cleanse and then that, I put him under the Christmas tree and it was very close to the holidays, obviously. And we had, I hadn't even gone in my mind. I hadn't traveled to a future time of tomorrow when he was gonna be taking the herbs and off of coffee for the first time. And then when it happened, and you know, he's very good at following directions because he's a recovering alcoholic, so he loves that. Like he loves, he's like, give me the program, I'm gonna do the program. So he was totally off coffee the next day and he was literally shaking in the corner, sweating. Like he was coming off heroin, that's what it looked like. And, but I never even thought, is he gonna make it three days or is he gonna make it a week? I just didn't care. I was just like, wow, look at him. He's like shaking. That's so crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, then he woke up and he made it the next day. And, you know, he'll tell you, well, I know how to weather a detox. So I handled it. Um, and then three days he felt, you know, really great. And then, you know, by the seventh day of no food and just basically the stew and some juice, you know, he goes, you know, I'm never going to eat food again. Let's just drink juice forever, you know. So... <laughs> Then we kind of had that, but then he kind of yo-yoed from that, and then the journey took on. But this is what I'm telling you. If you, if you look in the rearview mirror, it's a, it's a lot of funny things. Like, as a, as a girl on planet Earth, um, I'm attracted to skinny, wiry guys that have more of a rock, kind of a rock star look to them, more that body. And one of the things is that, you know, when I, when I look at Rich now, I mean, if you look at the transformation of what he looked like before and then what he looks like now, I kind of smile at the universe because in the way the universe has like sculpted exactly what I wanted, you know, and he doesn't look this, it's not, he doesn't look the same as when I met him. He just doesn't. And I'm just, I giggle and I'm just, so when I tell people, if you'll get out of the way, if, we, if we're smart enough to get out of the way and let divine mother or the force or consciousness do the action, you keep the devotion, you keep living your authentic life, and you keep, keep supporting or providing, as long as you're expressing yourself without trying to get him to change. Just love him where he is, and that love of where they are will allow them to maybe take an opening, you know, if that's their destiny. But do we know? I mean, did I have a crystal ball and know that all this was going to happen in our lives? No, I had no idea. Like most of it is just complete surprise. Most of it is a complete delight because it's exactly what we really wanted in our heart. Like what was really important. So I always say with food and people is if we brought violence into the kitchen, then we've lost the point. So, and it's not, and I speak about violence, which in a level of judgment, you know, these food choices of, well, this is good and that's bad and you should do this or you shouldn't do that. Um, and it's challenging and it's tricky because I know our intentions are good, you know, and I know, I knew that I love Rich. I know you love your husband and I know, you know, he probably could benefit from your advice, just like most men can benefit from a woman's advice. <laughs> You know, or, you know, any feminine energy, if it's same sex, you know, the masculine energy really can benefit from the feminine energy greatly. But it was a really amazing, powerful experience that I had. And it was that letting go that uh, really brought a lot of miracles. So I would say in summary, love 
your loved ones where they are as hard as you can with as much compassion and acceptance, even if they're using or they're off the path. Um, when, you, when you exercise or you, you extend that frequency of love and acceptance, it's, it allows people to sit very close to you. They feel much better and they're able to then say in their moment, help me, you know? But if you're saying, you need help, <laughs> hey, you need a lot of help, that is not a good thing to say. You know, it just makes people feel bad and close down. So keep living your, your beautiful life, and I'm sure uh, miraculous things will happen. Thanks. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm living in Sweden. And I'm been on a plant-based diet for seven years. And I also dropped alcohol at that time. And my immune system grew really strong. And the last past six months, I've been working on clearing issues from my childhood. And that suppresses my immune system. So I wonder, is there a way of doing this clearing and keeping a strong immune system. Thank you, Jessica. Okay, so that's sort of um, a little bit more of a subtle question. So as we start to work with more spiritual frequencies and we're clearing timelines and, and stuff in the body, um, she's a feeling a physical effect in her body and, and that that is a very real thing. There's a few things uh, that I would suggest that you do. Um, the first thing is, is almost all women and, and many men are magnesium deficient. So I would experiment with magnesium at night before you go to bed and see how it's regulating your digestion. Um, I have this insane experience with it. Well, I will take a dosage that is like five times recommended or maybe eight times recommended and my body just eats it. Like I have no, usually magnesium will make your digestion move like very fluid. So if you have a very active digestion and you take my magnesium, you're going to, you know, be going to the bathroom a lot. Um, but in my case, it's been sort of like I've been scratching my head about it because I don't know why one day I can take, you know, a tablespoon and it seems to be a good amount. And then I can take five times or eight times and it's, it's like I took nothing. It's crazy. So I think um, there are some minerals and, and things that you, that you should look into. There's also something called, uh, it's a salts, and it's escaping my mind right now. It actually was recommended from Lisa Renee. It's a very inexpensive um, mineral salt. Uh, it, it dissolves. No. It's a, it's a combination of like 13 different minerals. And she subscri us, uh, just prescribes it or suggests it for those of us that are dealing with kind of, you know, multidimensional energies and trying to um, sort of assimilate a lot and assimilate more light. Um, so I'll, I will find it and, and add it to the show or post it on the Facebook page. Maybe it'll come to me in a, in a minute. Um, the other thing is, is really good quality spirulina. Um, if, or, you know, and chlorophyll spirulina, if you just take it in water, 
it's just a really, really, really great support. And I found like sometimes when I've been on the floor during integrating a lot of energy, um, I'll have spirulina and just literally, you know, lifts you up. Um, the other thing is drinking puer tea, like we did on the weekends, very alkalizing and very nourishing to the body. And lastly, I would get acquainted with mushrooms, um, chaga, reishi, um, uh, Four Sigma, Tarot's company, has these packets that you can add to your coffee, and they're very good for adrenal health. So um, those are some ideas of some things that you can do. So you're just upping your game a little bit and adding some of those things in. And everybody's different, so it takes a little bit of experimentation. But when I'm low, those are, oh, my favorite I left out is a trifola. So trifola is an Ayurvedic herb. It's tridoshic. It has more antioxidants than almost any other substance on the planet. It's made, it's a three different fruits uh, make it up. And um, it's just something that everyone should take every single day. It's a little difficult because the taste is really intense. It has an astringent taste and it actually sucks your tongue. It makes your tongue like constrict. Um, but you can find it in pill form as well. And also sun potion uh, in the US, you guys should be ordering sun potion and figuring out how to bring it into Europe because it's just the highest vibration of superfood uh, line owned by Scott and Nitza. So um, sun potion managed to make this trifola, organic trifola, which is actually pleasantly uh, delicious. I wouldn't say it's delicious, but it's not disgusting. Um, yeah, so trifola every day, because what it does, it has that astringent quality, and so you can feel it on your tongue. It almost feels like your tongue is constricting. I, that's the only um, word I can feel to describe it, but it actually goes into your digestive tract, and it pulls the toxins out of your digestion. Um, the other challenge that I think we have is good quality water. Um, I'd love to say that I've found a source, but I actually haven't. And I have a hard time with water because I usually don't like the vibration of it. So I tend to underdrink water, which is probably not very good. Um, I did, um, I do really love structured water drops. They sell like, it's from, uh, you had it, Crystal Energy, Crystal Energy uh, is the brand. And they're actually drops that you add to clean water that makes it feel to me like it's going in my cells. That's the only thing that I've been able, and you just reminded me, Amber had some when I got to, to uh, Gozo, so I need to order some of that for me as well. So yeah, all of those things I think are amazing. Um, also check out uh, Moon Juice, uh, Amanda uh, Chantal Bacon. She has also, similarly to Sun Potion, but different vibration, she has uh, some amazing superfood products, you know, brain, and, and she has them like brain dust, sex dust, sleep dust, um, and they're, they're really well done, so you could use those as well. Okay, awesome, thanks. Okay, so um, my name is Natalie, I'm from New Orleans. Thank you so much, Julie, for this wonderful weekend. I've had such a fantastic time so far. I'm very inspired, but there was something you mentioned that I was also very inspired for, and I was, 
Um, well, I have your book, This Cheese is Nuts, and I love the idea of the frequency of, so for example, what we've experienced this weekend with you and the energetic and the vibration being transferred into this book. And so through this book, we can come in contact with that vibration and maybe even into, you know, eventually maybe you'll make the cheese or whatever. And so I love, I don't know if you could uh, speak a little more about this transmission of energy through different modalities like that. And so, which I find really inspiring. Thank you, of course. So yeah, so um, you know, probably the most important ingredient in the food that you eat is who makes it, believe it or not. So the, you know, it's known in, in Vedic traditions and you know, if you cook for a monk, there's a very specific protocol in the way you do it and there cannot be people in the kitchen or people, you know, music playing or like a TV in the background. Like all of this stuff is energy because thoughts are things and energy is something. And we were talking earlier about, you know, someday they're gonna marvel at the fact that we watched violent, bloody shows and then went to sleep. You know, that'll be like, the same as smoking a cigarette when you're pregnant, <laughs> or maybe worse. So it is really important, the vibration in which you create things or make food. But similarly, that's why oftentimes our mother's food or our grandmother's food tastes so good to us, could if you, if, you, know, if you had a grandmother or mother who was a good cook. But it's the love, right? When you're sick and your mom cooks for you, it's like, you know, you're just like, oh, that feels really good. Um, so there's a, there is a great power in the in intentions and what I would say is that all of us that are um, that have chosen this contract to serve as way showers to you know move into doing things that are loving to our authentic vision to the planet to our hearts, um, we will um, transmit these frequencies through the things that we're sharing. So the same way it would come through you through your cooking. Um, it would come through music, through, you know, like amber or when I'm singing. It's a frequency that comes through. But the same way that you do Reiki healing, so the same, that, same way that you do that, that's, that's an energy transmission or a transmission of consciousness, the same way it is in the rhubars. You know, it's, so it's much more. And when you're cultivating this beautiful energy and you're eating beautiful food and you're meditating and you're taking care of the planet and taking care of yourself, that, um, that energy cannot be underestimated at the effect that it's having on people around you. So I think it's, um, it's a natural thing. I don't think it's um, something that you have to even think about so much, I think once you're fully integrated and you're really living that, it's a more of a natural, spontaneous um, action. However, in your case, I do want to talk about ritual and ceremony in, in regards to this, because ritual and ceremony are very, very important, and they're a big part of what it means to be a human being. And we have lost that connection to that power. And I've been around enough earth years in this lifetime to tell you that I have seen the fruits of my ceremonies and rituals and the blessings and the miracles that have come from the intentions I created with devotion, with love, and also with unattachment to the outcome. So what I would say is cultivate your own connection to source and um, set up a sacred space in your house and use the 
the important days of the years, like the equinox, um, the solstices, to use those as moments to make, just to take a pause and use your intuition, you know, do a sunrise ceremony. Um, you can have smell there, food there, um, prayers there, fire there, and do what just feels natural to you and say a prayer for your life or set an intention for your life. You don't need a priest or a yogi or your mother or anyone to tell you that you have a right to do a ritual. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. So that was just like accentuated by, the, by my inbox. Bing. Um, so yeah, so I would say again, it's like I, I think, I feel we need more ritual on the planet. You know, at the Plant Power uh, Ireland retreat, we did a fire ritual and many of the people had never done that in their life and they just stepped right into it and it was deeply meaningful to them, deeply, deeply meaningful. And you've seen, you know, this altar that we've set up, the altar we set up for Beloved is actually a mirror because we're not going to any outside deity, we're going into ourselves. And I wanna cultivate, you know, a culture and a community that when they see themselves in the mirror, they're like, hey, beautiful, there you are, thank you, I love you, you're amazing, you know? So, um, so yeah, so ritual is great, and, and certainly, uh, you know, I say, like for instance, for the launch of my book, instead of having a book signing party, I had a solstice goddess ritual that was focused on the sun. And I had Nitza from Sun Potion. She did a solar tonic, like this beautiful punch. I did a curry out of my book. Um, we gathered around and we did an open eye meditation on a geometric form, which was the embodiment of the solar feminine called the embryonic solar star, which was created by the template. And um, Everybody was like, wow, this is so not like a book launch party. <laughs> and it was because, I mean, my book was there and I had tons of my cheese, Susan was there. But the point was, is that I activated this book for the future. So do you see, so I, instead of choosing a book launch at a book uh, event space that most people do it at in the same manner, I chose to do a smaller one to infuse it with spiritual energy so it would give it wings and it would give it the, the you know, essence, you know, at that time. So, um, so yeah, so if you're creating anything you're creating, um, take the time, set an intention, make a ritual for it, celebrate it, honor it, honor it like a, like a new baby, you know, the arrival of a baby or the birth of a baby. And then just also know that wherever you go, you're transmitting your consciousness. You know, even a look, a smile, anything. So thanks, I hope that helped. Hi, I'm Susan from Santa Cruz, California. Um, this question is kind of in, it's a compliment to Natalie's question. You know, you talk about feeling into something a lot and I feel like I've just gotten a glimpse of how to actually do that and I've been really tuning into my intuition and my um just 
you know, letting go of that self-doubt and the, what the brain and the ego is telling me and just feeling a situation. And I was wondering if you could maybe talk more about how we can tune into receiving energy um, and instead of just like being bombarded by it, you know, we have the capability of shielding ourselves, but how can we really receive it and like understand what energy is coming to us? Okay, thanks. Beautiful question. So this is something that's really important for us to understand um, at this moment in time. And um, we have been um, led in this culture to really put a lot of emphasis on the brain. You know, people that are smart, brain smart. He's really, she's really smart. He's really smart. They're very intelligent. But we're, we're using a tool that was meant to be used as a servant of our heart. So when we become aware, we understand that the heart is the true um, God of the body, or the, 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 the heart is the true mind, is the divine mind, it's the supreme intelligence, because your heart will know what is in right alignment and what is not, or what, you know, what is the truth. Um, so what happens is we've got in a culture where we've been disconnected from our heart and we're only operating with the mind, which is a really great thing. It's a really useful thing if you want to get somewhere on time or study something or learn something. The mind is a miraculous instrument, but it should not be the compass of your life. You should be living directed by your heart. So um, the other thing that I want to share is in this increasing... Um, world and energy field of intensity, where we have a lot of intense stuff going on. Um, we're seeing a rise in all kinds of incidences, uh, personal, uh, you know, in our communities, violence, natural calamities, like all kinds of things going on. So how do we stay safe in that environment and how do we know? And we know because your body will tell you. We must be tuned to our body and trust our body. If, some, if, a, if you walk into a space and your body f feels off, that's a signal to you to not go into that space. And we should trust that feeling mechanism in our body more than we trust the thoughts in our mind. There's also this whole energy grid, which is around the earth, which is like full of thought programs and if you sat and observe your mind for maybe an hour, you might find that you have some really weird thoughts. <laughs> and you also might find that there's no, like, that there's no relation to those thoughts and, and who you are, right? So the mind is kind of just a crazy, you know, computer that keeps getting thoughts from all over the place, right? But the problem is, is that we think that the mind is, is our ruler. Like, oh, that's the ultimate. No, it's not. So that's why meditation and getting in touch with your heart and in all, like when you leave the physical, what we're seeing with our 3D eyes right now and you start to feel into energies, it's a feeling, right? So we talked about earlier when I said, has everyone here been in a huge fight with somebody, like a really, really gnarly fight that was really, really emotionally charged? Are you receiving that communication in your brain? 
No, you're receiving it in your body. Your whole body is sick with this, you know, this argument, this violence, you know, or disagreement or something that's at that level. So we must start to really get in touch with our bodies. That's why yoga is so beautiful. Like the practice that I've been sharing with you is a very deep practice. It's a very slow practice and it, it's to take you inside so that you can feel your body. So you actually feel places in your body. So then when you're walking down the street, you might naturally just be guided to go this way and that the there could be a whole other energy experience that you don't want to walk into. That's the other way. But your body starts to become like your tuning fork. So that's why all this spiritual practice of meditating and doing yoga and eating beautiful food, because if you're not eating beautiful food and fresh whole foods, then you're eating chemistry. So if you're eating chemistry or you're eating animal violence, then your body cannot operate at a very heightened sense. So we're, we're becoming sensitized and we're able to sense other things. And then, you know, we might say, I don't know why I didn't do that, but I just didn't. Like I didn't feel it. I wasn't feeling it. Another thing that I experienced with um, a lot of people that were, you know, on this path and starting to clear their life out of what didn't serve them is we completely disconnected from any shoulds. Any requirements of society were just off the table. So you should never do anything. I just told you you should. Feel free, feel free and empowered to not do anything that you don't want to do. And that's everything. If you're not feeling in alignment to go somewhere, do not go. And know that you, know, you will be guided and you will be directed and led. And then going one step beyond that when you're interacting with an energy that's vibrating faster than a physical in the 3D, it's all about feeling. So you're not communicating with that energy with the mind, at least not, I guess you could, but I would question where that energy is originating from. It should be a feeling. You're going to feel into it, and, and it's sort of like you learn to scan it and as you get more developed, you'll be able to tell the quality. It'll be like, oh, that was a, a certain specific quality or that was another specific quality. Did that answer your question? Hopefully. Okay, great. Thank you. Hi, I'm Justin from Ireland. Um, so I suppose question for you really is around the fact that, you know, so many people, I think, listen to the podcast and tune in because they're going through some kind of journey or change and they're looking for something in their life and maybe they're presented with a challenge. And we live in a society where we want to have things to happen quickly. And I think a lot of people can see what you and Rich have achieved and think, wow, it's all very glamorous and very cool. And I want to kind of assimilate that and get that into my life. But I think it's, um, for me, I admire people who persevere and fight their way through intense struggle over time. And I think given the seven-year dismantling process, which I think is, is easy to forget, um, how do you or, or how would you give encouragement to people who are at an early point of the journey or kind of halfway through a journey to keep going because the desperation comes in, the fear comes in, 
um, and how do you stay strong to keep going for you and for your family? Beautiful question. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, uh, this journey is certainly not for the weary, and I think it's an, it's an immaturity when we discover our spiritual nature. We have this feeling like, well, if I do that, then everything will be easy for me. <laughs> it's, in fact, the opposite. <laughs> because once you choose to see you're looking at reality in life like you're not in denial and you're looking at things as they really are. And there's a lot in life that is very out of balance and very not loving and not nurturing to us and to our families and our fellow humans. And so um, it's, a, it's definitely um, a difficult commitment, but I, I would say without any hesitation that it is, it is the way and it is the reason that we're here. So for me, this is like an earth school. We plan to incarnate here. We came here for a reason to experience this, this realm uh, of, of extreme dark and also light and to sort of synthesize this and integrate this. And I can't say that, uh, you know, every life is completely unique. So one thing that I can say is that even though it was a seven-year dismantling for Rich and for me in this section of our life, um, it was really more nine years because there was a year ramp down and then a year ramp up. Uh, so that seems like a very, very long time. And had I known it was going to be that long, I don't even know if I would have had the, you know, the stamina to try. But the one thing that I did have is this extreme faith in consciousness, in who we are beyond the body, in our journey here, what we came here to express. And I know now without a doubt that the answers are in your heart and it doesn't matter who you're speaking to and what faction they're from. Everyone has a different perspective, but what I would tell you now that I feel safe telling you guys and anybody listening, if you just serve your heart, find out who you are and serve that with full on courage love, nourishment, and without editing, um, life will unfold for you in the manner that it was supposed to unfold. And uh, you will be nurtured and supported, but it might not look like the way you want to be nurtured and supportive. Like you might not have health insurance or you might, you know, not have a house, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I will say that, um, the energy is very, very supportive right now and is moving very, very quickly. So I don't suspect that it's going to be that long of a haul for anybody that chooses um, a path of awareness. I think things are moving very quickly and that we can clear things and um, gain new levels of awareness very, very fast. So please don't think that just because it took us nine years that you've got to carve out nine years in your journey. Um, but I will say that along with this service to the heart and this devotion to life and understanding that, you know, we walk in these bodies by the grace of consciousness, that there is a absolute detachment to the outcome. So you're in the process of doing what you love. Um, this is very important. You must find what you loved as a child and you must do this every day because doing what you love will create a magnetic attraction to you, which will bring more information into your life. And when we started, I knew Rich had to train because that's what he loved. 
It made no sense whatsoever. He was in his 40s already. He was not even, the fa not even that fast or not even the fastest. Um, and there was no visible way that anybody logical could see that anybody could make money by running in the mountains and riding a bike. You know, when you're, when you're not the fastest, when there's like, you know, a million other guys in their 20s that are like, are, you know, just, but I just knew that the answer was in his heart. He was doing a career he didn't like. He was doing law. He was being a lawyer. And if you've met Rich or you've come to know Rich in the podcast, he's a very sensitive being. He hated law. He's very smart. He's a very strong mind and a very, he's a very great writer. And, and, but he didn't love being a lawyer. It wasn't like, oh, God, you know, law, law is it for me. So I just knew that if he did that, that something, something would arise. But I couldn't ask him as his partner to, for me to live my heart and him not live his heart. So I guess what I would say is you have no choice but to um, serve your heart, to find out who you are and be that and do that. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be an author or a singer or a rock star. You can be a gardener. You can just be a dad. I mean, not just, like you could be a dad of some amazing person, you know. It doesn't matter what it is. Consciousness doesn't care. It doesn't care if you're an actor or if you sweep the streets. It's, there's no value difference. It's just the, the point is, is what do you love? What, what do you, when you do, what is it that you, that you express when you participate in that act where time just stops? Where you, you're in that space you were in today in holotropic breathing when we were coming down and you stopped breathing and you were in the, and like you were feeling immense love but no time and no space. So what is it that you do that makes you feel that way? That's the thing you should be doing. And, um, you know, the other big thing is just the golden rule. It's so simple. Treat other people the way you would like to be treated. That's it. And recognize every being as an emanation of God. Every single person in your life, even the ones that kick your ass, they are your teachers and they are aspects of God. And if you can meet them in that way, doesn't mean you have to hang out with them or live with them, but if you can understand who they are and develop that respect, you can free yourself and free them. And um, it all becomes like it's a beautiful movie that we're all in. We're all playing different parts and someone's got to play the gnarly parts. I mean, in a, in, from one perspective, it's kind of a noble act. It's like, wow, that being was willing to raise its hand and say, okay, I'll play that aspect of creation. Um, so uh, do what you love, serve your heart, eat clean food. Um, and you have to develop this devotion to yourself, which requires extreme faith because you have to hold the vision despite any appearances to the contrary. You have to be able, because if you don't believe it for you, nobody else is gonna believe it for you. So what I always say when people are suffering is um, don't rob them of their respect or uh, their, the beauty of their sacred moment. I always say that if any of us are really blessed, at least once in our life, we'll be presented with a sacred moment. And that's the sacred moment that puts us on our knees. It's a death of a child, you know, the loss of everything material, 
a divorce, you know, a soulmate, you know, uh, a parent, any, any one of those things, or a natural calamity as we're seeing, no one's safe from that. There's no political party now, you know. Mother Earth wants to, she'll still be here. She'll shake her back a little bit and we all go flying like ants and then where is the political stance? Where is the bank account? How different are we then or not? So in the heart is the key for your divine light. And if you take the time to know yourself, make space for peace, like we did with the tea ceremony this week with Wuda's beautiful, beautiful ceremony and drinking uh, living tea, um, you will start to know yourself and start to tap into other aspects of yourself. And you will be supported in a beautiful divine way that will be a full experience of life, not all one color, many colors. Um, but I have deep, deep faith in humanity. Uh, we are miraculous beings and it's going to be really cool to see what we create uh, in this moment, you know, because we have so much pressure. It's a lot of pressure bearing down on us, a lot of light coming into this planet, to this dimension, and it's compressing, it's creating a compression. So um, there's going to be some miraculous things that happen at this potent time of rebirth. Did that answer your question? <laughs> So I think that's, you know, maybe a great place to wrap it up. Is there, are there any other questions right now? Oh, there's one more. Yeah, come. Hi, my name is Laura and I'm from Malta. Um, my question is, how important is it to have a sacred space in your house? Um, and if it's not possible, you know, because it's an open plan, or uh, is it effective to find the same spot where you meditate? Um, and the other question is, how cautious do we have to be of the energy people uh, entering our home, like social events or um, uh, in our sacred space? Thank you. Good question. Okay, so yeah, it's really, really helpful to have a sacred space. Of course, many of us live with extended families and it's not always possible. Um, you don't need that big of a space and you can create a space in a room that's just in a location. So you could just get a cushion and designate a side you know, next to a table somewhere uh, as an area where you go. Um, you could, like let's say I'm envisioning like a credenza type of thing in a living room situation and then just to the left of that you could put a cushion down and you know even makeshift you could even hang like a, like a an Indian type bedspread or something you know like from the ceiling that creates a little bit of a shroud over you. Um, just even that's that big of a space, a space to sit cross-legged, to just sit there with yourself where you feel contained. Another place you can do it is inside a closet. <laughs> um, 
And I would also say that you can also have sacred spaces outside, places you go in the forest, places you go on the cliffs, or when, I know you run, you run, yeah. So you can run and you know that can be your sacred space. I would say that um, the energy gets dispersed in outside places. So when you're trying to cultivate an experience of going within, sometimes that's a lot more challenging when you're outside. Uh, but I would also offer that a great place to go into meditation is just in your bed at night with the lights off. So the last thing before you go to bed would be you're just sitting up and you're meditating, you know, in your space, setting your space for your sleep state. And then when you wake up, you could also meditate right there before you get out. Um, so, but all in all, just do it wherever you can. You know, I've done it in my car, you know, pull the car over and just, you know, have a moment. So. Uh, we have a lot of external influences coming at us and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, maybe if you make this little, you know, a small beginning space for your meditation, then your life will provide something else, you know, down the road. It's, it's possible. Um, as far as people that come into your house, well, hmm, it depends on the kind of people that are coming into your house. No. <laughs> um, you know, again, my, let's see. You know, there is a lot of teaching around the company you keep in spiritual texts. You know, the company you keep, the company you keep, the company you keep. It has an effect. So if you're a person that's wanting to live uh, a life aligned to your heart and you have people coming into your house that are smoking pot or drinking, um, then I would say that that's an issue. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you'll have to find your way through it in your own way. Um, but, you know, I don't. I, I just don't change my sacred space to accommodate social situations. So if somebody comes to my house, it's vegan food. We don't have alcohol. Recently, my boys are in their 20s, so they're drinking a little bit. Uh, and they had a party, and they very politely put a table up outside, which was really sweet of them. Um, but in general, we just don't. So I don't know. You have to find your way. And I think if you're meditating and you're creating a space within your house, that your house is pretty, you know, it's going to be pretty strong. You're going to be really able to meditate and able to be supported in your own space. You should be able to if it's working for you and, um, and you know, you're meditating there and you're, you're spending time there. Um, but it's a little bit tricky. I think that especially when you're first stepping into this uh, life of strange people on the path of veganism and spirituality. No, I don't know. Um, but you, you may, you know, you may uh, lose some along the way. And that's okay, because you're the most important thing. So as your mentor this weekend on this workshop, you go first. You are the first priority before anyone, even before your kids. It's spiritual connection and then you. And then after you've taken care of Lara, then you can see, you know, then children, I guess, is probably the next, right? So spiritual connection first. And all the other stuff, like if someone can't respect the fact that you don't want drugs or alcohol in your house or that you don't want meat in your house, you know, it's a good learning experience for them. Usually what it is at the beginning is you're challenging their reality. So they're kind of like, well, meat is great, you know, they want to kind of protect it. So, but in your space, it's your right to do what you want. That's what I would say. Hopefully that helps. 
Anything else? I just think, uh, yeah, so we are, we're almost 325, so we are getting ready to wrap up, I think. So I'd love it. Uh, Amber, will you sing something for the closing circle? Yeah. Okay, so she's going to get that together. So while she's getting ready, what are, you, are you just going to sing a cappella? She's so gorgeous. Yeah, let's do it. You'd, she'll do a cappella. If you want, whatever you want. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so tomorrow we're going to meet here at, are we meeting at 6.30 tomorrow? How are you all feeling? Would you like another half hour? Do you want to meet at 7? Or do you want to meet at 6.30 again? 6.30. Okay, so we're going to meet here for a proper tea ceremony at 6.30. It'll be a good one, a good full one. And then we'll move right into yoga, a full yoga practice. And then um, we're going to break because I'm going to need to go make cheese for lunch. So I'll get it kind of all together and we'll do a demo. Um, so we're going to kind of make the lunch together. And then tomorrow afternoon, we're going to have a quick discussion about... Oh, then I don't know if I'm going to spin it. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, we're going to have a quick discussion on uh, about the feminine and masculine energies. So bring all your questions about your relationships and other uh, genders who annoy you. Please bring those. Um, and then, uh, so we'll kind of go deep into that, and then we'll, we'll just have a, a closing at the end of that. So tomorrow we're going to finish at 2 instead of at 3.30, um, because we're going to kind of just work, you know, workshopping right through lunch and through the, the meal. So, um, I mean, you guys may want to use the spa before you go, get in the pool, um, use some of Sonia's amazing stuff. So anyway, thank you for a beautiful day, and we'll close with Amber. Bye.
song gorgeous voice all right beauties see you tomorrow namaste